an organization, Emily, that's dedicated to the service of the wounded and disabled, really, to help them learn to live again through photography. Mm -hmm. So we call it rehabilitation photography, and it's bringing programs into the hospitals, the Army and Navy hospitals, veterans hospitals, civilian hospitals, all of them now, and working with the patients so that they have an interest to carry on. That was Josephine Herrick talking about the project she created 75 years ago to use photography to change her world. We'll learn more about her work and how you can make the same kind of impact in this episode, episode 51 of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If you love photography, this is the place for you. In this podcast, we learn to be better photographers. That means taking better pictures, creating fun photo projects, and making an impact with your photography. You can do it, and this is where you learn how. And now, here's your photo coach, my dad, Linford Gordon. Welcome again to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is your weekly photography lifestyle podcast where we learn how to be better photographers. I'm your host, Lynn from Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. Now, this is episode 51, and we continue our series on changing your world with your photography. Now, this is something we've been talking about off and on for a while. And I'm going to continue from time to time talking about different ways we as photographers can use our talents for service. So in episode 38, we talked with enthusiast photographer Adam Levener, and he talked about the organization he created in D.C. to help teens use their photography to advocate for themselves with and just a tremendous work that they are doing now. In episode 22, I talked with Wes Linda about how he uses help portraits to create portraits of Baltimore's neediest citizens. And he also talks about the boost of self-esteem and all of the other benefits that result from their work. And it's just been tremendous. Well, Today, we'll talk with Maureen McNeil, and she's the executive director of the Josephine Herrick Project. And Maureen joins me to talk about the organization that has been using photographers and photography as a way to help and heal the spirits of New York City's veterans and the less fortunate. Now, when we do this series, I'm hoping to bring you inspiring stories. But the message I want you to take away is that this kind of service is available to you. We can all make a difference wherever we are with our photography, but this is just an example. So let's talk with Maureen today about the Josephine Herrick Project and the work they're doing. I'm on the line with Maureen McNeil of the Josephine Herrick Project. Maureen, are you there? I'm here. Wonderful. I'm so glad to have you. I'm so glad that you get to tell the Josephine Herrick Project story to our audience. Before we get started, just tell us a little bit about you, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, I um, I am, uh, have been in arts and culture in New York City for over 15 years. 
Um, and I had the wonderful opportunity of coming to the Josephine Herrick Project and using photography as an art. Um, uh, although I'm not a photographer, um, I started out as a writer, and I continue to be a writer. Um, but I have been at the Steeport combining New York City history with the arts. I've been at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute, um, where the body, the human body, is the, is the instrument. Um, and also at the Anne Frank Center, where we used Anne's diary to teach literacy and tolerance um, to U.S. prisoners and to New York City school children and families. So um, the camera, I've, I've found, is a, is a really wonderful tool. tool. Um, and so I understand giving back from um, my childhood. I started volunteering when I was 16 for a new mother's program that my mom was running in Seattle. You know, I understand that helping others makes humans feel good. So um, I'm very lucky to be at the Josephine Herrick Project um, using the camera and understanding how the camera can help others. Um, Yeah, I love that too because that's just one of the themes that I've been sort of thinking about and talking about over the last year and really want to be more deliberate about trying to encourage and inspire photographers to, to use photography as something that the camera is something we don't just take pictures, but we can give them also. I think as I'm stealing this from, um, I, the help portrait (laughs) organization. Uh So tell me a little bit about your, the namesake of your organization, Josephine Herrick, who is she and what did she do to inspire your organization? Right. So Josephine Herrick um, uh, is from Cleveland. Uh, She was born in 1897 to a very wealthy and well-educated family. And um, she, we just recently received a photo of her as a a girl with a camera. So she must early on have, um, in fact, she did note somewhere that she had an eye ailment and being in the dark room helped her eye condition. It it, um, made it feel better. So that may be one reason why she first got into photography or one of the reasons. Um, and she under, she, you know, had this very powerful family. Um, many of the, the men who were all educated at Yale and Harvard over many generations, um, became doctors and lawyers and ambassadors and, you know, understood service. And so when she graduated from high school, she right away, you know, world war one was still going on and she volunteered, um, as a red cross nurse at the Cleveland hospital before going to college. And after college, she studied with Clarence H. White, who was a real supporter of women photographers. Um, And also, you know, as photography as an art, you know, there was Mm -hmm. a big struggle going on back then. Um, And so she was encouraged to really earn a living as a photographer. She took on a partner. Um, They opened up a portrait studio on 63rd Street and ran that, uh, mostly taking pictures of debutantes and and gardens and children and things like that. This is in New York City now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then when when the bombing of Pearl Harbor came along, she organized 35 photographers to take pictures of young men going to war at the canteens. They set up photo booths. Hmm. And we have thousands of these images that have never been seen. That's one of the special projects we're doing. We're doing this year, we're creating three books of photography by Josephine Herrick, and we're hoping to open these um, up to the public on our on our website um, and do some research and find out what happened to all these young men. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so Josephine 
um, she, you know, she did come from this, you know, very, um, you know, privileged background, but she understood the human condition. And so she, um, she was invited to, by the U.S. government to help document um, the making of the bomb at um, Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And after that, she was invited by Dr. Howard Rusk, who was the father of rehabilitation medicine. It was a new thing back then to come in and um, um, teach photography to wounded soldiers. Uh, they just weren't getting, the, you know, they didn't understand um, post-traumatic stress disorder back then. Mm-hmm. It was just called shell shock. You know, mm-hmm. and they didn't realize, or he was realizing that he had to heal the whole body, and and um, you know these men had to gain their self esteem, and they had to be challenged and learn new skills and be excited to get back into the world. So, uh, so what's rehabilitation medicine? Well, I think it turned into art therapy. Okay, you know, all kinds of therapy, um, but art therapy is one of them. We don't claim that we. One of the reasons we changed our name, which was Rehabilitation Through Medicine, when I first arrived um, almost four years ago at, at this organization, um, we changed the name because we do not do, we do not rehabilitate anyone. Okay. Um, uh, and we, we felt like uh, honoring Josephine as our, as our founder and role model would help get our message out. So she is an inspiration to our organization. Um, so she took these images of, uh, and did she did she actually give them copies? Because you said no one has seen them before. Oh what, well, what did she do with them at the time? Well, of the young men going to war, it was almost like an early Instagram or Facebook. I she, see. She did um, give them uh, send one copy of the of the photograph to their families in an I effort see. to keep families connected. So when I see, when I say it had, they haven't been seen, it's like publicly. Got it. Okay. And, and then when she then used photography, when they returned from war, how, exactly how did she do that? Um, you mean when they were wounded? Or? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. For the wounded veterans, she said that it, it wasn't quite rehabilitative, you know, rehabilitative medicine, but, but there was something going on. What, how was she using photography in the camera then to help them? Well, she trained lots of photographers to go in, and, and there were it, it spread to 30 states, veteran VA hospital programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, basically they brought dark rooms and chemicals and, and enlargers right into these hospitals, hmm. which, which just seems astounding to me. But um, they had to kind of invent them to roll and move and, you know, there, there's photographs of young men laying in bed, um, you know, <laughs> pulling pulling these sheets of, of uh, paper out of chemicals. And it's just a very odd, interesting scene. Um, but, you know, they they for one thing, it's a social event. It's a social thing to work together and photograph each other and document what's going on, even in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so socializing is, is healing. Um, and also choosing an image to photograph. Um, if you look at these, you can see that most of the images that are, are being taken are of women, children, and pets, you know, which are things that these men missed. Right. So they would come back, and I guess it sounds like they would each have cameras go out and take something that interested them, whether it were family members or, or any something, whatever provided comfort, and then they develop 
the images right there in the hospital. So they did the full. Yeah, most of these men. Yeah, most of these men, they were not leaving the hospital. They were stuck in bed for, you know, six months, a year Mm. to, you know, to heal. So they, uh, the photographers brought subjects in. They brought you know, pinup models in, they brought uh-huh. animals in, they, they brought in. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it happened right in the hospitals. Fascinating. Yeah. And so this sounds almost like the, the Josephine Herrick uh, 75 years later, how different is your mission? Is, is, are you doing a lot of the same things or, or how, how have you evolved? We are, um, we're still in VA hospitals and vet centers. Uh, we do work with the oldest veterans at St. Albans Hospital who are in hospice. But um, most of um, our programs are, uh, we've expanded to children, youth with challenges, um, the elderly, um, anybody impacted by poverty or disabilities. So we're pretty general. We're in 26 communities around New York City now. Um, and um, so we've, there's, you know, 23% of New Yorkers live in poverty. So there's a huge population that needs, needs, needs um, the arts, needs culture, needs to understand that their stories are important. Mm-hmm. They, um, and they need equal access to the arts. They've been, um, you know, uh, segregated from the rest of humanity because of their, and labeled, you know, and so they... They need this opportunity. In fact, um, we've even the big social service agencies we partner with, like Goodwill, has told me that you know they cannot provide all the services necessary for you know uh, a youth to graduate from school. There's if you know by the time third grade comes around and they've missed you know arts and culture, there's just so much catching up to do. That, that Goodwill needs small organizations like us to come in and help provide some of these steps toward self-esteem and toward, um, you know, new skills and excitement about the world and ways to connect non-verbally. A lot of, a lot of our um, the people we serve, um, you know, are on the autism spectrum or they're English language learners. And so photography, again, is a magical thing because... There's no translation necessary, and many of the stories today are told visually. Mm-hmm. So we have these programs, and then we, which are about eight weeks, you know, of a few hours each week, and then we um, also have publications. We create a book for each program, um, so that 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 we have a document to share, and then we create exhibits at the venue. So 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 let's. Just... If you can, let's just make a for instance and, and, and make this real. So you have a program. Give me an example or an idea of what of one specific program and what they did and, and what resulted, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, we were at, say, let's say the, the uh, Brooklyn VA Hospital, and we have um, – Two photographers, we always pair our, our volunteer photographers, and they go in and they work, in this case, with the art therapist. And um, there's a pool of veterans who come in regularly for, for programs, and we, we meet with them. And, um, you know, the photographer will set, up a, will set up some goals. And so we might do portraiture, and um, we might um, ask them to bring in something of meaning so that they can do a still life. 
We also take them to uh, museums and get them out, and if they if they're able, sometimes with wheelchairs and other you know illnesses, it's hard to do that. But um, and then we'll have an exhibit and we'll have a celebration and we'll create a book, um, and they'll they'll get socialization. And they, there's nothing better than veterans being around veterans because mm-hmm. uh, they feel good. There's no stigma, and um, you know they learn more about each other. Um, they also learn, you know, the art of self-expression. We, and then they learn the technology as it goes along. It's really more of a hands-on um, program. So we want to introduce them to us, introduce them to each other, introduce them to the camera set up the goals and start taking pictures. Oh, wow. That sounds, that sounds interesting. And do they continue after the program, uh, after you're, you're done? Uh-huh. Do you hear from them? Are, are they moving on with photography? What, what, what do they do? We do hear from them. And we also offer other programs. Usually mm-hmm. like we'll come back each year and do a program or we have other say veteran programs. We have a veteran program at St. Francis college in Brooklyn Heights um, where we'll invite them to come there. Um, sometimes they can come to the vet centers. We also work with services for the underserved and, um, those we go to special veteran housing, um, and create programs there and we can invite them. And then if they really connect what we, what we do is we can invite them into our office to intern or we can, um, they can mentor and get training and become, um, a, a photographer in our program, a teaching photographer. So, yeah, that's really what we ideal because we want veterans teaching veterans. Right, right. So tell me then, then that's really cool. Uh, I I, I love that veterans approach because I I was an Army photographer myself, so. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, that that appeals to me. Yeah, and what we find is that the veterans are so well trained. They understand Mm -hmm. Um, learning and process and working in groups. And um, they also understand service and giving back, which is the other part of um, Josephine's um, brilliance is that, you know, she combined her two, pro- her two passions, photography and, um, you know, volunteerism or social action, social activism or whatever you want to call it, public service. So we try and get that, um, you know, that message across to our, participants as well, um, that no matter how much help they need in life, and we all need help, mm-hmm. it, they, everybody can help someone else in some way. Do you have any particular success stories, like anyone who you might have witnessed come in and through, I guess, your work with photographers and photography, you've seen them change in a way that was really sort of visible and significant? Yes, we have several, but I'll tell you about Akeem Bonaparte, who came to us through um, Birch Family Services, and he was 21 and had taken a couple of our programs, and um, he showed a keen interest. He wasn't really very verbal. He's high-functioning autism, Mm -hmm. but um, he came for nine months into our uh, office and and interned. He had a um, job coach with him. He'd never been to downtown New York where our office is on Fulton Street, and he, he lived in Harlem. And so we said, take the camera out and explore the neighborhood. And so when he did that, I asked him to start writing about his photographs. And I learned so much about him from, from this writing exercise, which was, which was hard for him. And, and, um, 
And for instance, you know, he taught me to see um, patterns and um, and textures in New York City. Unlike uh-huh. I'd never like when he looked at George Washington at the Federal Hall. Um, you know, he said the reason I took this photo is that it inspires me that six poles holding the building look like a washboard. <laughs> you know, so he's thinking historically with the washboard, but he's looking at the patterns of these right. beautiful columns. And so I see the world differently. But what what Akeem's story continues, and he um, he uh, volunteers a lot. He understands that when he volunteers, he he goes to a new geographic area of the city. He um, he socializes. He meets people, and he learns new skills, even if it's basic. You know. Mm-hmm. ladling out soup. Um, and so he won an award um, from President Obama for all of his service. Wow. Yeah. He was the year he was with us. He was nominated by New York Cares. Okay. And he continues today. This was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then he um, got some job training and he um, was able to get a job. Oh, 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 I forgot to say that we introduced him to Brandon Stanton of Humans of New York. I noticed, oh, cool. I noticed Brandon was on your show. Uh-huh. Um so Brandon really liked this book that Akeem made, his photo book with mm-hmm. the writing, and um, posted it on his website. And there were 6,000 likes in a day. So I wow. said, Akeem, go to WordPress and create your own blog site. <laughs> and he did. He figured it out. He did it. And he's been doing it ever since. Um, so then he got a job through after job training um, at the United Nations um, as a floor representative at the post office. And one of his duties was to take photographs of the tourists from all over the world and make a stamp of their, of their image and so that they could mail their letters home with their own picture on it. Nice. And, and he met so many people from around the world. His blog site was just full of... What's his blog? Do you know the name of it? Uh, I think if you go to um, Akeem Bonaparte... Oh, here it is. Well, if you go to Akeem Bonaparte, you can get to it. But okay. um, I, ha- I do have the – you want me to read it to you? It says um, – um, Well, you can send it to me later and okay, I'll just I'll include, a, I'll include okay. a link. Cause. Okay. Yeah. And then, then he, I asked him to give a talk to uh, at the Brooklyn Public Library um, on just the story I, I told you and showing some of his photographs. And uh, to youth in detention, there were three groups of youth in detention. And, and these these – Poor boys are, you know, they're waiting for their court date. They're removed from their homes. Mm-hmm. They, they were all with their heads on the table when we started. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> a couple of them asked questions and were sort of like, you know, um, making fun of Akeem because it's hard to talk out of the box sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but halfway through, he had them all. They were all raising their hand and saying, hey, man, where'd you learn photography? Can mm-hmm. I get job training? How'd you get that job? Right, and he, unlike anyone I've seen, was able to reach these these boys, and it was really powerful. That's incredible. That's yeah, just, I, so I, what, I found what, his blog too. So oh, he did. Okay, good. One last thing mm-hmm. is that now he's doing a book on the, his first book was called Downtown Manhattan, and his second book coming out this year will be um, New York City. He, he's gone to every corner of the city photographing. He has turned into this, you know, real photographer. Um, So we're very proud of him. That's incredible. That's incredible. And and I I hear how your voice lights up when you talk about him. It must be really satisfying for you. Yeah, it is. Um, And there are others, too. Mm -hmm. 
But um, he continues, he stops by my office, you know, at least once a month. And, you know, he's still connected and comes to all our events. And, and I put him on our advisory council because. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, man, he's traveled quite a bit from the days when he started. And, <laughs> and he came to you because he was on the autism spectrum. Is that, is, is, was that the need that brought him your way? Right. He, we partner with um, social service agencies, uh, libraries, schools, hospitals, and he was, with, um, he was taking some courses at um, Birch Family Services. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, what, that's how we found him. And we try and do that. We have lots of interns in our office um, from international high school. There are new immigrants. With, their stories are so important today. Um, and because they're English language learners, they're you know, it's hard for the, it, photography is wonderful for them. Um, and we partner, we have interns from Cook Center Academy, another school that serves um, high school students or actually all ages students um, with, you know, all kinds of um, disabilities. And Incredible. So what's the scope of the, or- the, the I guess, the organization in, in terms of how many people do you serve and how many photographers do you have mm-hmm. teaching these classes? We um, Right now we're reaching about 26 communities in New York City. We have about 30 volunteer photographers. As I said, we pair them. So each program gets two photographers. So there's a really wonderful ratio um, of photographer to participant in the programs. Um, and you know, over 75 years, we've, we've reached a hundred thousand Americans. Um, we, right now we're reaching about a thousand a year, um, plus many more through, through events like, um, Photoville. We were part of Photoville this year, mm-hmm. um, in, underneath the Brooklyn bridge, a, a photo festival, you know, and things like, um, uh, the Javits center photo, um, what's it called? Photo. Whatever. You know, um, the expo? Yeah, expo. So, you okay. know, Photo Plus Expo. Yeah, Photos Plus Expo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, we reach, you know, and then we have exhibits too. So, you know, around the city and we reach more people that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're growing. We, when I started um, uh, almost four years ago, we had never, the organization had never had any government funding. And, um, now we are funded by city, state and federal grants. Um, we, we really try and promote our photographers. Um, two of our photographers have, um, um, received, um, NEA grants with us. So that means that they get their own exhibit in New York city, um, after teaching one of our programs. And that's a really nice thing. Um, and we're always looking for more photographers because, Mm -hmm. You know, volunteering, you know, people's lives change and, and, um, we have professional development set up for photographers. We have JHP 101. Tell me about that. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, professional development workshops really, um, for, help. for the photographers who lead or for, for who volunteer or? Yes, who volunteer. So mm-hmm. that. A, they, they can understand what their responsibilities are. I see. And, okay. And also the communities that we serve, we might bring in some experts on PTSD or nah, um, okay. autism, you know, and the, the, what's amazing is, and, you know, the photographers themselves say this, that, that they learn so much from the people that, that we serve by volunteering, you know, and it's not just a one-way thing. And um, 
I learned so much. You know, like when when we had a, a workshop on autism, you know, all the suggestions for how to work with with people living with autism were all wonderful um, uh, teaching um, ways of teaching for anybody. Mm-hmm. We're all we're where, you know, these labels are so big and so harsh, you know, we all, nobody's perfect and, you know, so, um, you know, what you, you, treating humans is, is a a very, um, treating humans. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, right. The biggest label of all, but where we all fit. So, so let's say, and and it seems like your work is it is it strictly New York City or are you do you serve any any anywhere else other than that than there? Right, we've been out um, in uh, New Jersey, uh, mm-hmm. Unique Photo with veteran programs. We've been up in Connecticut um, teaching four year olds. Four year olds are great with a camera <laughs> um, uh, on the autism spectrum. Um, we've been, we're, we're hoping to expand. We got a big planning grant from New York state this year to, um, plan to move up into upper New York state and out in Long Island with veteran programs. Um, we, um, so we're, we're hoping to grow. We're set to grow. We've, I, we have since, you know, coming in, it was sort of a, a renovation job that, (laughs) that needed doing when I, when I arrived at JHP, you know, Mm -hmm. had, it had been run by um, a very beloved woman for fifty years, and oh. <laughs> so, so um, a lot of things needed updating. Sure. And now we're set. What's been the most rewarding part of this process for you, of leading JHP and 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 the work that you're doing? Mm, it's the wonderful people that I meet. Mm-hmm. It's from the partners, oh my God, you know, from McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research at NYU, you know, they work with eight high schools, um, uh, inviting students with academic issues to come in for a two-year program, and we go do workshops, and it it's, you know, the better the partnership, the better our program, you know, we're really in it together. Um, my staff is incredible. Mm-hmm. I, we're able to hire a program coordinator this year, a few Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, Ilana Hart is um, our development director, which has helped us get our feet on the ground. So, um, And we have a director of photography, Krista um, Kennel. So we're a small team, and we have Vic, our financial administrator. Um, but um, we all work together and you know it's very collaborative work and that that's what makes me happy good so photographers listening they let's say they happen to be in new york city the east coast somewhere they want to get involved what do you look for and what's the process Mm -hmm. well i need a resume or you know a website to look at um and then we set up an interview um and talk about, you know, if there's any teaching experience anywhere. It doesn't, doesn't need to be teaching photography because teaching, you know, really transfers from one subject to another. Um, and what the interest is, usually there's some draw for a photographer to contact us. Mm-hmm. You know, either they were really helped by their grandmother and want to teach seniors or, you know, 
there's usually some connection. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they've given back. They know what, what that feels like. They want to, mm-hmm. you know, once people start doing that, they, life is just, you know, dull unless you're helping someone else. It's so true. So true. <laughs> so w- when you say you, you want to see a resume or, or, or a website, what are you looking for? Are you looking for professional work? Are you looking for someone who is maybe an enthusiast, but advanced or what, what exactly, um, if a photographer is evaluating his or her, her own skills, what mm-hmm. should they be thinking? Well, we like, um, you know, people who are passionate about their work and have developed a vision and, you know, a direction and, you know, uh, are committed to it. It doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, a full-time job. We have lots of people who are, you know, um, you know, professors and photographers, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, so um, we basically want to see the quality of the work and mm-hmm. the commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, this this is this is great. I really love what you all are doing down at GHP, especially for veterans and then for all the other communities of need, because I think photography can be so powerful and it's good to see you organize and harness it to, to help. And oh, thank you so much. Good stuff. Anything else that, that I might have missed that you want to share? <clears throat> um, you know, just the fact that we're, we're celebrating our 75th and we're that's right. Uh, we'll be having, you know, um, we'll be highlighting Josephine as a photographer. Um, we're very excited about that. And and her as a role model, we're continuing to follow in her footsteps. Um, I think it was it's pretty remarkable what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll be having a lot of um, reaching out to the world um, this year. And, awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Really enjoyed the story. Okay. Thank you. Thanks again to Maureen McNeil for sharing the great work that the Josephine Herrick Project is doing in New York City and the East Coast. Now, if you are a photographer and you want to get involved and help them, I'm going to include a link on the episode 51 post, and that's where you can contact Afia Williams, who is their program coordinator. And Afia is just a little bundle of energy. I got to meet her at the at the um, Photo Plus Expo show, and uh, and really really enjoyed talking with her. And I think that she'll be very helpful if you want to get involved. All right. All right. So before we take off, I just want to say one quick thing, just one one heads up that our free photo webinars are going to be resuming this year. Now, those of you who are longtime um, alums and listeners know that for about 20, 2010 to 2014, about once a month, I did free photo webinars where I taught photography lessons to just a wide variety of topics. And and that's that was the precursor to this uh, podcast. Well, I, I'm this year, I think I'm going to go back and resume doing some of the free webinars. And I, they won't be monthly, of course, because uh, with the weekly podcast, I don't think that's necessary. 
but perhaps quarterly, maybe even more than that, we will get together and uh, start going, doing some podcasts where we can do some lessons and, and teach some more. Because again, in our, in your survey to me, you said that you, this is one of the things you wanted to see more of. And so I'm working on one, something to do with composition because, and creativity, because that's just one topic I think we can never get enough of. So um, just stay tuned. There'll be an announcement soon on how you can register and how you can participate. But um, stay stay tuned because we will be resuming the free photo webinars. All right. All right. So that's it for this episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Thank you so much for for listening in. I, I'm so thrilled that you join and listen to the podcast as I try and bring episodes and things of interest to enthusiast photographers who are just trying to just to be better at our craft. Now, if you like what you heard here, you can subscribe by going to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. And you can also find us on iTunes by going to itunes.shutterbuglife.com. And when you do an iTunes, just leave a leave a, a brief review if you don't mind and tell everyone what you love about us. That's an honest review, right? So... <laughs> Um, and that also helps the podcast to get the word out. We're going to try and get, uh, you know, get more of these kinds of interviews for you. And I would love if we could share them with, with other enthusiasts and other photographers just like you. All right. So thank you for your, your help there. Now, I just want to remind you that I do have a free ebook called The 12 Mistakes You Are Making with Your Photography. And, you know, I, I taught just about five years of photo tours in Washington, D.C., about 600 of them to be exact. And I got to see thousands and thousands of photographers. And throughout that time, I noticed there were about, there were about 12 things that most photographers, mistakes that most photographers had in common. And so I put them all in an ebook that you can read and you can sort of measure up and see how you are doing against the, the 12 mistakes and see if you are making any of the dirty dozen. You can find that ebook on my website if you go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash 12 mistakes and download it and check it out and see how you are doing against uh, those 12 common mistakes. And then let me know. Shoot me an email or or contact me in, in social media and let me know what you think. All right. Thank you so much again for being a part of the Shutterbug Life community. And next week I have a great interv interview coming. We are going to talk about starting your own photography meetup. And it's just going to be a really dynamic interview that I know you're just going to love. All right. So until then, whatever you do this week, enjoy your Shutterbug Life. Take care. <laughs>